In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. <clears throat> Today we celebrate the circumcision of our Lord. And as you may recall, circumcision was the entering into the covenant for male children in the Old Testament. So on the eighth day, um, children still within Orthodox Judaism and, uh, <clears throat> and uh, children of the Old Covenant would come in and they would be circumcised. And this was their entrance into full communion, we would say, with the nation of Israel, with their people, um, bestowing upon them all the ben benefits of the covenant, which is God's promises, his blessings, but also all the responsibilities of the covenant, which are to live a righteous life and to reciprocate with God's promises the very love of God in their hearts and in their lives by following the commandments. Now, we are also aware that uh, circumcision as an external symbol is spoken a lot about in the New Testament. Not only today, we, our Lord is circumcised, and if you read the patristic text, most of them say <clears throat> pretty much the same thing, but in a much longer form. They will say that, what a wondrous thing, Jesus submits to the law on the eighth day being circumcised. He who created the law submits to the law. And this feast day is an extension of nativity, the extension of the next feast we'll celebrate, the entrance, our Lord's entrance into the temple. And all of these feasts have a similar theme. The great contemplation of the um, condescension of God. How God became man and was willing to submit to the flesh, the human life, was willing to submit to the law that he made, and what great humility this manifests and shows. Also in the New Testament, we hear Paul talking a lot about circumcision. And this gives us kind of a notion of, of some of the problems with external rituals. You see, on the eighth day, the child was circumcised. And the goal of this, of course, is that you would be raised in the covenant. That means that your parents would be pious, and they would be, if you were Jewish, they would be one who went to the temple, who celebrated the feast days, who made offerings, who lived their lives in a religious way. And when I say religious, I mean that in a positive, not in the negative term religious, but in a, I guess, a devoted way where they fulfilled those things that the faith required of them, not by simple ritualistic action, but because they had internalized it, because it was a part of who they were, and it was a natural expression for their love of God, their desire for forgiveness, their thankfulness, and as you go through all the various offerings in the Old Testament, all of those offerings offered not only in ritual, but in heart. Now the Apostle Paul talks about how he felt the Jews of his time, the people he was criticizing, were circumcised physically, 
but they didn't necessarily have it in the heart. And this is the temptation with all ritual, um, all faiths that have ritual, and all faiths do have ritual, some more than others, but this is the temptation. The temptation is to receive the sign of the covenant, to be brought into the covenanted community, and then to simply do the ritual without internalizing, without having love of God, without having thanksgiving, without having anything in reference to God, but coldly offering things to God just because that's what we're supposed to do. That's cultural Judaism, and ultimately, that's how it is in cultural Christianity. Today, we heard about St. John baptizing, and this we should reflect upon our own baptism. Our baptism is the equivalent of that circumcision. It's our entrance into the Orthodox Church. It is our entrance into the covenanted community which comes with its blessings and then also, of course, comes with its responsibilities. And we also are in a, an extension of Judaism, a faith that has a lot of uh, rituals, a lot of things that can be externalized and don't always necessarily have to be internalized, but in order to be accepted by God, must be offered from pure hearts, from hearts of love, rather than simply checking off the boxes of what it is that a good Orthodox Christian does. And so we should be reminded of our baptismal vows. And those vows are to pursue Christ, to make him the center of our life, to seek the kingdom of heaven first, we should be reminded that we are to always be putting off sin, that we should never give ourselves over to passions and slaveries, things like addictions or crutches that we lean on in our lives that ultimately enslave us and keep us, that we have committed to Christ to be, to be healed, to be forgiven, and to be free and to listen to the Holy Spirit who guides us, graces us, convicts us, and can lead us into all knowledge. We have also committed to the practices of the faith, not simply because we have to, and that's what a good Orthodox Christian does, but because we want to be transformed by them so that our inside can reflect and give life to what we do on the outside. Today we also celebrate the feast of St. Basil the Great, a wonderful um, Cappadocian father from the, um, I want to say the, the fourth century, but I'm, what I'm saying is he, he died in 381, so that century. Anyways, <laughs> sometimes, uh, 400s, third century, I'm not sure. I'm not writing a paper today, so. St. Basil the Great, was raised by pious parents and uh, by a pious mother in particular, had a saintly sister and a saintly brother, and it was evident in his life that their personalities in the family, 
the way that they lived their faith was very prominent and had a profound effect on him as a child. Now, he waited until he was a little older to be baptized after he had finished school, which at the time was, just happened to be a kind of, um, a really kind of faulty practice that was going on, where oftentimes this notion that you would wait for baptism was, was starting to take hold, and you can read all sorts of sermons from the Sarah that say, no, no, don't wait to be baptized. Be baptized as a kid. You're not supposed to sow your wild seed and then get baptized. You're supposed to live Christian your whole life. St. <laughs> Basil becomes baptized and, um, and we, we see him um, in, in his, his life and his legacy as someone who internalized the gospel, someone who was a father of monastic, monasticism, who essentially invented Cenobitic monasticism, uh, group monasticism. We see him as someone who was um, invested in the unity of the church, who negotiated with those who were on the edge of heresy and some who were in heresy to try to bring the Orthodox Church together during the time of the Arian um, Schism and leading up to the Second Ecumenical Council, we see someone who lived his life in such a way that he had a profound effect on the people around him, not only because he was prayerful, but also because he did things like found hospitals and found um, as uh, founding hospitals and actually creating the first centers of healing um, moved by his Christian spirit. And so we use the life of St. Basil, just this brief little description and all sorts of other uh, interesting stories. Later at coffee hour, we're going to hear another story about St. Basil um, that show us the example of what it is to live a Christian life, what it is to take in God when we're baptized, and then to live it from the inside out to receive the external ritual, but also to have it so internalized that it becomes infectious and transforms society. So as we continue with the celebration of St. Basil and our Lord's circumcision, let us first glorify God who became man, who condescended for us, who was willing to take on our flesh, who was willing to obey the law even though he was the creator of the law, let us also worship God who we should love with our hearts, all of our minds and with all of our soul, not merely as a pittance or a ritual, but someone who from our deep affection, because we have been transformed by him, that we would put our energies in pursuing him with all of our hearts and with all of our souls so that we can be transformed into Christians who are Christians in reality, externally and internally, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Christ is in our midst. He is in our